where the Indian economy is headed, sir. And I may have a follow-up question or two, but uh, the floor is yours, sir. Okay. Well, let me make a brief uh, presentation of uh, 15 minutes uh, on the economy. Because you had said in the beginning, I'll be speaking for about half an hour and then there'll be questions. Yes. So 15 minutes, then we'll have a break and then we'll again come to the corruption uh, angle. Yeah. So I think when I'm uh, speaking to an audience, uh, a general audience, not a professional economist's audience, I usually give them a background to make them understand when I say something about the current situation, uh, what, what is it in the... Uh, in the context of the background. The Indian economy, uh, let me go really far back, uh, for which we have modern statistics. Uh, um, uh, you know, we have uh, statistics from 1870, not very comprehensive, but enough. Uh, uh, there was enough. And on that basis of what was available, I had constructed uh, and published it in, in my books on India-China comparisons. Uh, uh, of the uh, uh, picture since 1870. So what we found that um, uh, in uh, between 1870 and 1950, the growth rate of, uh, of GDP was the same as the growth rate of population, which is about 1%. India is in fact quite a sick place and the death rates were very high. And so the net uh, population growth was just 1% and GDP was also 1%. Now, I am not going far, uh, very far back because when you go far back, you feel terrible because we were the most power, uh, uh, prosperous country in the world. Our GDP was the highest in the world, it was far ahead of China, way far ahead of China till 1750 when the looting by the... Uh, more people, invaders from abroad had started emaciating Earth and from 1100 AD we started declining, declining. But it took till took, took 1750 when we really came down. And then when the West moved forward with the Industrial Revolution, we were left behind and uh, the British made sure that the uh, innovations that were there driving the economic growth in the West, such as locomotives, Bessemer steel plant, they were denied to India, and we didn't get it till the 21st century, till the 20th century. So India, I'm uh, for concrete statistics uh, we have from 1870 when uh, they began having census, and then they began formally collecting statistics on behalf of the government. And it shows that between 1870 and 1950, when we just had got independence. The growth rate of GDP was only 1% per year, and so was the population. So between 1870 and 1950, our per capita income remained the same. There was no change uh, in, in constant prices. Then uh, after that, of course, in, the, in between, there were lots of ups and downs. For example, we had an influenza epidemic in the uh, second decade of the 20th century. And uh, that had a huge effect. And there were so many other disruptions. But uh, up and down on the average, it became 1%. Then you see, uh, between 1950 and 1990, we followed uh, foolishly uh, the Soviet economic model. And why foolishly? Because the uh, British had 
bled our agriculture. Why did they bleed our agriculture? Because the peasantry supported Rani Jhansi. And they nearly overthrew the British in 1857, except for some internal betrayals, uh, Rani Jhansi couldn't win. But they, in the process, they decided afterwards, uh, make sure that never again the peasantry of India will be able to stand up. So they brought in Zamindari system, they extracted resources, uh, you know, they really reduced Indian agriculture to poverty. And so by 1950, we should have, as Mahatma Gandhi and Sardar Patel had wanted, focused on agriculture, but we did not. Instead, Nehru said, oh, the Soviet Union, they build these uh, uh, big uh, industries and so on. But the Soviet Union, during the Tsar period, had an agricultural revolution, a huge boom. They, they, they were uh, mass, great producers of, uh, of food grains. And so they could extract resources from agriculture and use it for their industrialization, that is Lenin and Stalin. But we could not because there were no resources in, in the agriculture. And the end is that uh, we ended up with a very poor growth rate. And because there was no looting of the British anymore, so the resources stayed in India and uh, we achieved a, a small growth rate of 3.5% per year in GDP. And there was, a, by then, because we had become independent, our population growth also, because the death rate started coming down due to modern medicines and so on. So uh, the we were per capita income uh, running at uh, about one and a half percent. That is, uh, our growth rate and population was two percent. Uh, in fact, at one stage, it was a little more than two percent. But anyway, on the average of that period of 1950 to 1990, we grew at three and a half percent per year, which was after adopting the Soviet economic model of uh, large industries and extracting resources from agriculture and you putting it in industry. Uh, then uh, not uh, giving any importance to exports and imports. You know, all these Soviet models which failed in the Soviet Union uh, itself, uh, that uh, we adopted and uh, we continued till 1990. In 1990, after uh, B.B. Singh had made a complete mess in the uh, one year that he was in power, along with the support of the BJP and, uh, and uh, communists, at <laughs> that time both the communists and BJP supported, uh, well, the Chandrasekhar government came with the help of Rajiv Gandhi's support and I was a minister, I was senior most minister at that time uh, because after all without me Chandrasekhar couldn't have been prime minister so he had to do that. So uh, we found ourselves uh, facing a bankruptcy. There was no foreign exchange left and nothing was left and uh, banks had been frozen by uh, loan melas and all that. So at that time, we uh, was a socialist. He wrung his hands and said, what do we do? Um, uh, well, fortunately, the Americans had come to us saying that, you know, the Gulf War is taking place, the first Gulf War, where Saddam Hussein had captured uh, um, uh, uh, Kuwait. So they wanted us to help them in their war effort, which was really a United Nations effort, but the Americans were dominating that. So they wanted their planes to come from Philippines to Saudi Arabia uh, to add to the uh, armory that they have, were piling up there. And they wanted uh, India to give them uh, uh, landing rights for refueling uh, of their planes coming from Philippines. And there I then told them that, you know, it's no use. You are giving us the cost of 
uh, uh, air, airline fuel and so on. I mean, that, uh, we, there's a cost also that we are going to change your ideology. This will be the first time that we will be playing, uh, you know, we'll be accommodating the American um, uh, Air Force. And so you give us $2 billion or nothing doing. Americans like that kind of negotiations, and they gave us $2 billion. And so we began recovery. But then Kanjana government fell and Narasimha Rao came. And he was convinced from day one because his biographies now say that the first thing he did upon being invited to form the government is come to my house, pick me up and take me to his house and then told me that you have uh, prepared these reform papers, please give me a copy, which I gave. And uh, he wanted me to join, but he wanted me to join the Congress party. But, you know, uh, I went to for advice to Parmacharya. He said, no, 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 never. Congress, never, 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 never. So uh, I had to give up uh, being a formerly a member of his government. But then he was too smart. So he created a, a commission and made me with cabinet rank so that I could attend uh, uh, cabinet meetings and so on. So. All of us got together. Manmohan Singh, whom I had brought for Chandrasekhar's government, became finance minister. And Montek Singh was my secretary in, in commerce ministry. He became finance secretary. And so there was a team. And Narsimha Rao was the ideal prime minister because he was a great listener. He listened, he argued, he questioned, and then ultimately implemented. He had not, I know everything, who are you? Uh, I, I will do this, I will do that, all this. Bravado, which has come in recent years, you know, had none of it. He kept each time asking, Am I doing the right thing? What should I do? And he, uh, in overnight, abolished income tax, anyway, overnight, abolished uh, licenses, quotas, and people said there will be a, a chaos, but nothing of the kind. The country boomed and our growth rate went up to 8% within five years. And uh, after that, 8%, 7% and all we have been having. So this period, uh, of, uh, we performed because we changed our policy according to the need of the times. The need of the times is empower the people. And we empowered the people and it happened. And the other uh, subsequent, you know, nobody went back to socialism anymore. But uh, in... Um, in uh, uh, in nine, uh, that is between 91 and 97, it was you know big growth. And then we remained flat out till 2014 with lots of ups and downs. Then the, the BJP government came with Narendra Modi as the uh, prime minister, and he was totally ad hoc. He had no economists worth the name, uh, or nor he had economists who wouldn't open their mouth. They were too frightened, and so. There were no, you know, he just a series of slogans. And these slogans have actually, if you look at the data, I've, uh, in my Gyan Ganga or Arth Gyan Ganga, I've produced these uh, graphs and maybe at a future occasion you can show it. But if you look at the government data, the Central Statistical Organization from 2015 16, our growth rates have been falling, 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 falling. And before the corona, we had one quarter, and that quarter was January 1st to March 30th. In that quarter, we had come down to 3%, even below what Jawaharlal Nehru had achieved, uh, done, you see, uh, during the uh, early, in the, in the 50 to 90 period. So um, at that time, the corona came. 
and the first year we dropped 24%. Now after all the so-called heroic efforts, they have been able to recover only 20%. We are still 4% behind what we were when in March 30, uh, 31st, uh, 2020. And I don't think, uh, you know, we are going to be able to, because now we, are, we didn't cover, so that gap is now increased. And so next year, we're going to have a bigger problem. So I don't uh, see, unless there's a major change in the economic policy of the country, uh, based on correct objectives, uh, correct um, uh, priorities, the, amongst those objectives, the strategy, specifically meteor strategy, and finally, a resource mobilization plan, which does not put weight on the people. Today, all the resource mobilization is at the cost of the people, and the cost of, and the salary people are more, the most affected. So, the resource mobilization. There are many methods, and I can discuss that later on. But at the moment, I'm saying we have fallen far behind China. We were we had caught up with China during Nasiba Rao's period. And then towards the end of his period, we had also overtaken China. And but over the year after that, you know, we went on more or less at the same time, six percent, seven percent, like that during Vajpayee's period, during Sonia Gandhi, Manmohan Singh's period. But after that, the Chinese have gone ahead largely because we are going down. So this is the situation today uh, in the economy. How to come out of it, I think I would uh, deal with it uh, because I have to do the other part also on corruption. So at the moment, let me say, we are, we are in a definite recession. And this recession is due to uh, our demand weakness the, the demand, the power of people with purchasing power has gone down. And so they are, the demand factor has gone down. Supply is lying in inventories. If you go to any automobile store, you'll see cars and cars and cars standing, which you never used to see before. And uh, the reason is that uh, we, uh, are, we have a demand problem. And we are not addressing that. Everything is supply. Even today, all this uh, so-called, uh, I, I don't know what they call it, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, the measures that they are taking, they're all supply-oriented. And that, that's not the problem today. The problem is people getting money, people getting employment, and then they are going, going to the market and making a buying. That's demand. And for that, you have to lower interest rates so that people can take loans successfully. Um, uh, companies can get their cost of production down. So many things, they're all connected. This macroeconomics is a you know, highly sophisticated subject. People talk only of microeconomics, you know, going to a shop and uh, bargaining with a shopkeeper. But this is microeconomics, they're all interconnected. For example, if supposing like when uh, Raghuram Rajan was there, I had a big quarrel with him because he said, I have to control inflation, I have to raise interest rates so that the uh, demand for money goes down and therefore the inflation will be controlled. I said, on the other hand, these poor uh, um, small and medium industries, their cost of capital is going up and they'll close down. And that's what exactly happened. And finally, the Prime Minister was persuaded after much bombarding with letters and so on 
become extremely unpopular with the uh, socialite uh, crowd uh, uh, because uh, somehow um, um, they were they were of the view that you should have a finance minister who's good looking and they thought that he was good looking i'm not sure but anyway um, there was a big furor but he was sent home and uh, but there's no rectification of that so consequently today the malaise is there how to remove that malaise how to do it how to grow at 10% per year we must grow for at the rate of 10% per year otherwise you will not not achieve any of your targets even some of the targets stated by prime minister are so juvenile for example he said in 5 years i will double gdp to 5 trillion dollars and everybody is doing japa on that you know 5 trillion dollars the economy 5 trillion dollars in 5 years if you are going to double your gdp the growth rate will be 14.8% per year it can be easily calculated um any, anybody who knows compound interest will, will be able to do it so uh, i'll double uh, agriculture product in 4 years that's 18.8% per year so i mean this is just uh, total illiteracy when it comes to economics is a very sad situation but i will say if you follow the correct policies then you can overtake china in 10 years and uh, because the chinese economy is is uh, today in such a mess that they, they, you know because of this communist country so these facts don't come out but uh, they are uh, in a pretty bad situation because they had banked on what semi processed goods from east asia coming to china uh, value added and sent to europe and america and the americans and the, and the europeans were buying it and to please china they were reducing tariff rates and so on all that is changed and so now they are having a problem and this is the right time for us to move and overtake china but how to do it and what is required that i will deal with in a later thing so this is the first portion uh, of of today's lecture and uh, you can uh, ask me any one or two questions then we can go on to corruption <clears throat> thank you sir um, so one uh, 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 parallel if i might draw again they are not the same indian economy and american economy are not the same in america during the carter regime the inflation had gone way out of control and the then fed chairman uh, i think it was paul volcker he said that i am no longer going to control the supply of money interest yeah. in, in, instead i'm just going to play with the interest rates and and this thing about monetary policy and fiscal policy got defined monetary policy is where the interbank lending rates are set and then the fiscal policy is where the government if it wants to increase growth they might give some shocks like you know tax holiday or this or that now it seems to me that that kind of has come to india except that the independence of the body that sets the monetary policy yeah. is in question for me so yeah. maybe i think our viewers need to understand that they cannot draw a one on one comparison if america does well therefore india should also do well uh, maybe you can well, well, federal reserve board or uh, uh, federal reserve bank what is called volker was a professor of economics in the yes. university of chicago this guy uh, whatever his name is um he was an officer in uh, in uh, 
finance ministry. He has, he, he's got a degree in history. And he's a head of the Reserve Bank. I suggested somebody like uh, Vaidyanathan, you know, he should be made the Reserve Bank governor. But they didn't. Because uh, Vaidyanathan also has got a spine. So he can stand up to any government. Uh, there were other economists in the past, but they were all spineless. So, therefore, uh, don't compare America and India. Americans are very professional. And if you don't do, they kick you out. Here, if you are... Uh, if you are uh, okay with the Prime Minister, now you can make a complete mess, uh, nothing will happen. Yeah, we, we make Rudyard Kipling's uh, observation about India come true every day, don't we? <laughs> Which is what? So, Please tell the audience. Um, incompetence hang around longer in India than anywhere else. That was Rudyard Kipling, the one who wrote Jungle Book, Mowgli yeah. and all that stuff. We all loved yeah. his books, but he had a very, very, very... Uh, understanding view about India. In fact, Will, Winston Churchill was born in India. Can you believe that? And, and this yes. guy had nothing but contempt. Yes, that's right. <laughs> it was easy to be contemptuous of India yes, <laughs> because yes. we were all the time propositioning. Yes, yes sir. Yes. So, shall I go now to the corruption or yes. you have any more? Yes, questions? yes. We are, we are going to frame the corruption thing by showing you one cartoon that sure. P. Gurus had done right yes. after. Hang on, hang on. Just one second. Right after the 2G, uh, you know, oh. Kanimori and Raja were let off. Yeah. Um, viewers, please remember, this is in 2017. The, the date is there on the cartoon. And, and this tells it all. Because it was Dr. Swami who dusted off this 2G case. Uh, an official uh, came to his house, pouring rain, explained what Mr. Raja was up to. And, and, and then, you know, this... This is, in a sense, what, hap what is happening with every corruption case that Dr. Swami has taken up. And I, too, have followed up some of these things. You may have read my book, uh, C Company. You may have read my book, National Herald Frauds. All these happen to be, you know, documentation, very, very detailed, I must say, of how the fraud was committed during the UPA era. Dr. Swami, I want you to take it away from here, and then we can go through, uh, we can share some more cartoons where we were, you know, showing how things are progressing, sir. All yours. Well, I think, uh, first of all, I want to say, because there were people who have tweeted to me, not now, but much earlier, that what's wrong with corruption if it greases uh, the system? And in fact, in the 50s, 1950s, the Americans used to uh, propagate this. You know, corruption is not a big issue. It greases the system and things move faster. That's not correct. Corruption is a cancer. And I'll tell you how they are. it's a cancer and then go on to what you, the question you raised. First of all, uh, you just see this. When you engage in corruption, say uh, uh, Bombay, uh, building roads. So um, the chief minister gets a cut. And he gives the, uh, the, he may put out a tender, but uh, in the tender, they will put in such conditions that it will go to certain who is inferior. Since he has paid a bribe, he collects it by putting inferior material. And therefore, when the road is made and the monsoon comes, it's all potholes. I mean, I couldn't understand. I, I represented the city of Bombay uh, for, for two terms uh, in Northeast, in Lok Sabha. 
And it was a pain in the neck to come from Nipinsi Road, where my mother-in-law lived in a, in a nice house in uh, Nipinsi Road. So I st stayed there. And then when I came, by the time I reached Sion and uh, Kurla, my God, the roads were horrible. Potholes and potholes and potholes. Can we not make a road? Yes, we make beautiful roads for Malaysia. We make beautiful roads for, uh, for Iraq. We made beautiful roads for Nigeria, but we are not able to make beautiful roads for Bombay. And the reason is that the substandard material that is put on it, every monsoon it, and then another tender goes out, and then this cycle of corruption goes on. So, and the same thing with the adulteration. You 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 pay a bribe to the, to the inspector, and then he will look the other way, and you will put all kinds of mixtures in, in, the, in the food products and people fall sick but nobody will associate it with the, 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 the corruption that has taken place. So first point is corruption wrecks your society by giving you inferior products for a, for a superior product for which your taxpayers money goes. The second thing is once the person gets a black money, what does he do? He can't invest because he'll be caught. Where do you get this money from? Income tax will come after everybody. So therefore, he does those things where he can't be caught. One of them is to give it to Havala operators who take it to Dubai and then you have a numbered account in Switzerland or some other place, Cayman Island or something like that. And he, he, for a fee, that guy will take your rupees. Uh, he won't take it to Dubai, but he'll uh, have his man here. And then in Dubai, he will call up somebody who will say that this man's account in such and such bank is uh, it's a numbered account. And this is the number. Please deposit so much money. And if somebody comes from there, that side here, wants to offload his foreign exchange for a higher interest rate, a higher exchange rate, then this Hawala chap comes in and with the rupees he had already got. So, therefore, uh, this money goes in to destabilize your... Uh, why is our uh, um, rupee rates 75 rupees or 74 rupees or whatever it is? But dollar. I mean, the Chinese is only six. If you look at what they call as a purchasing power parity, take every product produced in China and a similar product produced in India and take the ratio of the prices, you will find that if you take an average of all that, the exchange rate between India and the uh, United States, uh, if you do the same thing for the United States, uh, is uh, not 70 rupees, but something like 30 rupees and that is also only now previously it used to be seven rupees eight rupees so overvalued who is beneficiary the guy who brings money from abroad so he's put it abroad and after that your exchange rate goes up then he brings it in he makes a profit so this is uh, another uh, so like that, you see, rigging of stock markets, all stock markets, you know very well, you have written books on it, how it is rigged. Uh, it's all because of this black money. And so, and then finally, of course, crime. Because um, uh, once you get into this, there'll be crime. 
and and somebody doesn't play the ball, then he gets killed. Uh, Sri Devi got killed. Uh, so Sonia said this. Sunanda got killed in the IPL because of the uh, black money issue. So I mean, uh, then, then the cinemas are made by thugs, and so the vulgarization, the cinemas take. I mean, it's a general. So let me say, let us not say corruption. Corruption is just somebody's given got money so that he'll move the matters faster. No, it is a degradation of society takes place, and most of the uh, empires have collapsed because of corruption. You just go back in history and see what happened to Mesopotamia, what happened to Babylon, what happened to the Greeks, everywhere, and the Italians. They're all due to corruption. So corruption is a cancer, and so it should be fought tooth and nail. Now you have uh, um, uh, raised this question as to um, uh, how, how do we deal with it? Why is it that I'm not able to prosecute people? Well, I couldn't say that I have not prosecuted a lot of long time because I have to be so determined and at it. Jail, Elta, I sent her to jail. Sashikala, I sent her to jail for five years. Actually, Sashikala was not made an accused by me. It was this Karunanidhi mischievous character. He put her in when he became to came to her. And I couldn't say, no, 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 Sashikala is innocent, but Jayalitha is, is corrupt. Then people say, I'm doing vendetta and all that. So I went through and, of course, she, she had helped Jayalitha doing it. So she became an accomplice. So, But they did go to jail. There are others who... Chidamaram has spent 106 days in jail. He is a genuine jailbird. So it is son too. And so it's not, you know, people make a helpless case. No, no, nobody is caught. Nobody is caught. That's not correct. It's a question of being, I'm telling you on National Herald because I am doing the case. I'm not allowing the government anywhere in it as far as the criminal part of the case is concerned. Yes, I have to, uh, I gave a complaint to the Urban Development Ministry, so they uh, got hold of that building, the Herald House, uh, which uh, they won uh, with the, these people, the Congress uh, people, uh, Sonia, etc., went in appeal. They lost it in, in the High Court. Then they have gone to Supreme Court. In the Supreme Court, the matter is not taken up. And who is not taking it up? Our Solicitor General is not taking it up. Why is he not taking it up? I have just no idea why he is not taking it up. I have um, a number of times raised this question. It's not. The same thing with... Uh, and honest officers have been targeted. Take that uh, officer um, uh, in uh, Enforcement Directorate who, who, who sent Chidamam to jail. He has been transferred out to... Yeah. Uh, uh, he's been transferred yeah. out to um, um, uh, to Lucknow. Poor chap has been so harassed that he, one of these days he'll resign and go. So why should I have, uh, put up with all this? Of course, uh, my view is to him that if you <laughs> if you resign, go please join BJP and clean up BJP because if there's any party which is capable of being cleaned up because of this RSS factor being sitting outside as an umpire. Uh, uh, you know, we can clean up BJP. So, therefore, um, I, I would say that they don't be disappointed that nothing, nobody is going to jail. Most of them, are, everybody is like these cricketers, uh, spectators in a cricket match. Why isn't he hitting sixer? Poor 
um, um, this guy, um, they were, they, we had an opening, opening batsman, Sevak. Everybody saying, Sixer, Sixer, Sixer. And the end, his career was ruined, you see. <laughs> so uh, he, had to, he was dropped. Because, you know, you, once you become careless in cricket, you can be uh, out at any time. And he, he, all this 300s and 200s used to get give way to zeros and 10 and 20s. So I'm saying that uh, this, the public doesn't, uh, no, no public gives you any money for what you're doing. I'm doing everything in my own expense. I haven't taken a single rupee in, 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 uh, in, uh, in fees. And lawyers have a cartel and I can never tell when the two lawyers on on the opposite sides get together and say let's do this get an adjournment put it off so uh, all these are things which have to be improved over time let us know that India is still a democratic country the emergency everybody said India will never again be a democratic country and the people who voted Mrs. Gandhi out were not the educated people of India it was the illiterate masses of the Hindi belt who voted Mrs. Gandhi completely out. Every seat she lost, including her own in Raibareli and her sons also in Sultanpur. So, therefore, uh, this country has that potential. And uh, so, in order to fight, how to fight and all, I'll deal with it. Anybody wants to ask questions. But there are five, six simple steps by which you can remove corruption. And the officials must know that the minister is not interested in blackmailing anybody. The government, the prime minister, the home minister, they are not interested in getting people in their, in their thing so that they can do politics with ease. And uh, their opponents will all be slinking away inside some, uh, inside some in their houses. That, 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 Missionary quality can only come if the society votes people for people who, who fight corruption. When it comes to voting, people vote on all, so all kinds of other things. And then the money becomes a factor. You can't have money uh, of the type you require in a, in a Lok Sabha election, except rare cases. I mean, I have been uh, winning elections. Lok Sabha I won three, three times, and Rajya Sabha three times. The three times I went to Lok Sabha, I hardly spent anything, but I still went by record margins. So, th therefore, today uh, we are in a cusp of kind. We can go down or you can come up. And uh, this coming up would require a sense of enthusiasm. Yes, this is happening. This is delayed. Nobody is getting, everybody is getting bail. I mean, bail is not a, no, is, bail is not the freedom to, uh, from the case. You are a marked person, prima facie, you have been proved to be a criminal. It is not final because your version of what happened has not been taken and that is in the trial stage. But the prima facie case made out, the court is satisfied that you have committed this and therefore you have to sit in jail, but we can give you bail if you give uh, you know, uh, some surety and some bonds and things like that which is why Sonia Gandhi and others are out. And that bail can be cancelled any time if they misbehave outside. So, uh, we, you know, everything shouldn't be looked at black and white. There are shades of grey and therefore these shades of grey, I think. 
I would say that Modi's government is not serious about fighting corruption. Because there is a simple thing that you can do, which I told him on day one. There are $2 trillion of Indian money in bank accounts abroad. They are called, uh, what is it called? Tax havens. That's right. Tax havens. 70 countries are tax havens. We know all of them. And the United Nations in 2006 decided uh, that this is a very serious problem for every country. So they passed a resolution on corruption in uh, uh, money uh, deposit abroad, saying that if any country declares that all citizens of that country who hold accounts in country A, B, C, D in banks like Switzerland or Cayman Island or Virgin Island, you know, so on. All these accounts are hereby nationalized and become part of India or any other country. So some countries have successfully taken money. For example, Egypt wanted to take away, take out the money of uh, Mubarak. So they used that resolution and uh, said all Mubarak's money in any bank in the following 70 countries, uh, 70 countries where uh, these kind of uh, tax haven banks are there, uh, are hereby nationalized. And then the United States, uh, United Nations got it all for them. Same thing happened with Gaddafi. Same thing happened with Marcos. Countries have done it. In our country, our prime minister is, uh, I've written to him, I've given it to him. I don't know who's advising him, but they are refusing to do it. We have appointed on the very first day after coming to power, we appointed some two senior retired judges to look into it. They're all they're doing is sitting in Ashoka Hotel. Uh, they have nothing to, uh, um, uh, you know, they they have no work because nothing is being referred to them. There was a play when Mr. Jaitley was finance minister. He used to say, "Listen, you know, corruption is a, a is something that happens everywhere. We can't do anything. We're just creating bad relations and so on." But the fact of the matter is, corruption can be wiped out in India. But it requires missionary quality people in our politics. And you can get missionary quality only if the public uses that, uh, that uh, determination to send such people to, to parliament. You don't need the whole parliament to be full of uh, of. Uh, of people who can fight corruption. You just have 10 people, 15 people, that's enough. And uh, you will be, you will get rid of corruption. So this is what I have to say uh, before you ask me questions. Yes, sir. To add to your point, uh, viewers, uh, P. Gurus had written an extensive set of articles of the three countries that Dr. Swami mentioned, Philippines, Egypt, and uh, Libya, about how they took these measures, how their courts passed uh, orders to grit the money back. You can read it, read about them in pgurus.com. This was something that I took about two, three years ago. My hope was that sometime along that India would look at the thing and say, okay, well, three countries, we have, somebody has taken the trouble of putting together and, and establishing, laying out a track record that they can learn what not to do also, because there were some missteps that these countries did. You, you, you know what to do. You also know what not to do. 
and yeah. and then hopefully you know this would be so any time i say all these things dr swami people say you are you are living in an idealist world these are things <laughs> that are not going to happen but at least i can have the satisfaction i did my job i being yeah. outside spent my time my dime and explain in as simple words as possible how money gets laundered or how this money was brought back everything that you can think of in this particular limited aspect sir i have done in my opinion the best possible thing that i possibly can the speakers was very very focused on this we have done how many quick cases we have brought out sir inx media airsel maxes uh, yeah. that uh, chidambaram uh, you know try to uh, steal a comfort in in tirupur all these guys will you know they can there is no limit where they want to steal i mean yeah. even in painting uh, you know uh, change the logo of a bank and then <laughs> give it to yeah, somebody yeah that's right money to that too yeah canara bank canara bank <laughs> and and see, see, the thing is upa completely institutionalized corruption it's very unfortunate that you know being with the right intent of you know wanting to do good by the people this modi government has failed in both the things that we are talking about and again dr swami it is not my uh, you know charter to try and only find faults at the, the modi government they have done some good things also but that we shall talk about later it's important because economy is now beginning to hurt people like i think last week i read a news that one and a half million jobs are no longer there when people are now getting ready to get back to work middle class jobs are completely gone and this is where the problem is the middle class layer sometimes there's only one income uh, earning member in the family and when that yeah. job goes away it is difficult for them to adjust they don't have a small village to go back to they have mortgages they have emi payments so this demand curve the demand side not looking enough at the demand side but just doing supply it's very contrarian to what people have done out across the world to fight pandemic everybody has printed notes everybody has one, one interruption in uh, where you live the united yes. states of america at least at the trump's uh, time i don't know whether it's still being continued all those who were uh, salary earning people they got their checks from the government to compensate because they were put out of jobs it came in the bank and got deposited absolutely sir this was a fantastic thing that the trump administration did more so and biden is doing it it's not that they are not doing it at least in that particular aspect both are united so sir even small businesses if you could yeah. prove that so much of the component of running your business went towards paying salaries paying rents paying all the other yeah. overheads They're, that yeah. got compensated 100% sir 100% yeah. I mean, I'm yeah, right. I'm witness to that. No, no, Ramesh, uh, who's with us in uh, yeah in our programs, he runs a company and he was sent a check. Yes, so so it, it helped us ride out the worst period of the COVID yeah. uh, problem. And and I mean, we are still having headwinds. I'm not saying that yeah, we are yeah, out yeah. of the wood by any stretch of imagination. Yeah, but yeah. the government was there to help us. Absolutely, yeah. sir. This is where I see a problem. The SMEs. Have to go back to usurious interest lenders, and then that comes with its own share of problems. And and yeah. I think they keep making statements, but I just don't see like, for example, what prevents this government from having press briefings every day, just trotting out their record data <laughs> from the government? Why can't they just say, okay, we did this, we did this, we did this? I don't know why they don't do that. What is the reason? Because, to be quiet? because they don't know the answers to the questions. <laughs> 
Sir, that our media is, is so papu papu, sir. They shouldn't be calling papu papu. They are the first papus. So <laughs> anyway, hey, we made them. We made them. <laughs> <laughs> now they, they, this this is this is this to me is a very because the longer you prevent all these things from happening, the longer the hockey stick is going to get pushed out more and more. And, and it's not going to be instantly, you know, people can turn the thing on and go on. Unfortunately, yeah. sir, in India, there are so many different ways money has come in. You know, fake currency, even the Modi government is unable to stop that. I'm hearing still stories that fake currency is coming in. And, and you now the 2000 rupee note, new dimension, new fake currency has come out. So <laughs> the, the, <laughs> it is not going away. India has, it's like a, it's like a vegetable, uh, you know, it's like a, a, a herbivorous dinosaur lying on its back. Because that's how I see it. it's a huge animal. You have to keep poking here, poking there. Someday it will just get up and walk. But to make it to run, oh my God, that is a separate feat. And, and anyway, that's my frustration, sir. I hope I, I don't want to you know project it to everybody. Sir, in corruption, in corruption, right? Now, um, you, you've done so many different things. In, in National Herald, again, they keep Tariq pe Tariq. They know they are guilty. We know that. And, and they, they, they know they are guilty. They are not going to give you your day in court. That's what we say in United States. Somebody gets his day in the court and, and they are denying that. And, and this way, how long do you think they can leave? Is there any statute of limitation? No, no, no. no. They, 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 as far as the, the accused are concerned, they have not been able to do anything in the courts. It's the government which changes the judge. So I have to start all over again. Supposing there's a judge is in the, the, the most recent case when I wanted a document which Sonia Gandhi presented to the Supreme Court in her own petition. And I got and it was a copy was sent to me because I was a respondent. So with the stamp of the Supreme Court, everything. When I produced it in the trial court, the, the trial court, the Sonia Gandhi's lawyer said. No, you prove that this is uh, filed by Sonia Gandhi. <laughs> I said, I'm a respondent. I get it. She filed this case. There's no doubt because the Supreme Court order is there. No, no, you prove it. So I, I, I and the magistrate, he also said, you, you know, you know, if you want to go and prove it now, then after the, your cross examination over, then then we we can consider it. I said, why? I want my cross examination to be shortened because. Everything that they are asking me question-wise is there in the, her documents. So all I'll do is I'll produce the documents and uh, the cross-examination will be cut short and we can go straight to framing of charges. So I went in appeal and everything was uh, argued and finally the judge said, okay, uh, uh, one month from now I'm fixing it for final arguments and after that uh, I'll give the judgment. And I was going to win. And uh, so lo and behold, uh, there was a change of roster and the man has been transferred out. The new judge has arrived to start all over again. Viewers, don't ask Dr. Swami or don't ask me why somebody is not going to jail. You have an MP. Those addresses, emails, phone numbers are all given to you. It's available and published. <laughs> Call them up. Give them hell. If 5,000 of you from your constituency write yeah, to your MP, he will have to respond. There is no way he can escape. He can't come to hometown. 
because he knows oh one of these 10 guys will catch hold of me they'll ask me this question why do uh, why any time there is a problem immediately i see a tweet oh why isn't dr swami acting on it why is it his job <laughs> yeah you're right <laughs> so the, this this mindset we have to get off of our butt if you can tweet something and say that oh this is this this is this well you can also tweet the same thing to an mp in a proper format and say that this why are why is this being delayed this for too long sir we are used we we sit in the comfort of our you know uh, drawing room watch uh, something and then we are just tweeting it it's But, like a spectator in the cricket match you know why yes, is he yes. a sixer <laughs> <laughs> and 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 that is where things have to change i think unless the population of india starts putting pressure on its politicians things will not change i think dr swami has shown us the way that's the way i always see it he has shown us the way there are a few people now who are taking up cases at the state level also but but you the viewer you the citizen can also do your part and if you do that believe me these things will start picking up momentum there is no other alternative yeah. <laughs> that's right so yeah. uh, with your permission sir let's take some questions now yeah sure uh shri bhat sir we are hugely populated country how can government or anyone create employment all right i'll give you one example decide i will produce uh, uh, which um, poor gadkari um, uh, has been pleading with the government to allow him to we will build eight lane highway from delhi to madras from calcutta to bombay uh, from um, uh, uh from vijayawada <laughs> to uh, jamnagar from jamnagar to uh, guwahati we will build all this what will it do it will generate employment for the lowest classes the the the, the so called um, uh, um, daily wage workers you see uh, how do you um, uh, finance it print notes my god you printing notes how will you how will you account for it there nothing to account these are these are printed by the government of india so um, uh, well doesn't wouldn't that cause inflation so much money yes it will cause inflation if there's a shortage of supply but our country is suffering from uh, oversupply they are all lying in inventory so when you put money into the people's hand they'll go to the shop they will start buying the shopkeeper will uh, will be mighty happy you know the, so therefore don't say that uh, how we can uh, abolish income tax income tax can be abolished the entire income tax uh, excuse me entire um, um, uh, unemployment in the country can be solved within 2 years there will be zero unemployment in our country if we do these things and uh, uh, you know these are things which don't don't require any extra skill so um i i can give you you know series of uh, uh steps that can be taken by which everybody gets an uh, employment and then of course uh, the question uh, will become uh, that uh, when the when the production takes place there must be buyers and that's where you come in you start giving subsidies to buy it and uh, there, there's a the whole gamut of economic measures by which this can be done but if you have, don't know any economics then uh, i can't help you uh, next question why is government not creating organizations like the cpib in singapore 
Um, and I think this is the promotion board, industrial board. Why is government not taking any steps that justice is done in time with a target date fixed? <laughs> no, you see, we have a procedure in court. If I put a petition, I have to give it to the uh, affected party. And then they are given time to file a counter. Then I am given time to file a counter to a counter. Then after that, there, there is examination of documents and this and that, establishing establishing the document. So there's a procedure. And you know, sometimes it can be done fast when the everything is on based on documents. There's no need for witnesses, there's no need for any, for example, 2G. I filed it in 2009, and the judgment came in 2013. What? They're not sending them to jail. The, the judgment that came was that this spectrum that was allocated by Raja uh, stands cancelled. And then Raja was then sent to jail. Uh, and it, that took an additional two years. But he did go to jail. But it was all cut and dried. You see, most of the time, it's uh, the facts, of, uh, the, the, the proof depends sometimes on witnesses. And the witnesses then has to be cross-examined. And he may have, you know, uh, uh, he may not be a, got a photographic memory. So if he makes a contradiction, his, uh, his evidence goes. So the, our system is based on the principle that you are innocent unless proved to be guilty. It's not that you are guilty unless you prove yourselves to be innocent. So this reversal uh, or that you are, everyone is presumed innocent unless he is proved guilty. Of course, you, uh, you have an intermediate stage where Sonia and Rahul, etc. are, which is that you have been proved prima facie guilty. And now the confirmation has to come uh, by giving them an opportunity to give their rebuttal. So these things take time. I mean, I, I, I don't think that you should want, you know, of course, if you, you can have some of these countries like China and uh, Russia, you know, they decide that somebody is guilty. <laughs> they, they first decide who's guilty and then uh, they give the judgment. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that in a democracy. <laughs> um, next question, Dr. Swami, when it comes to economy, to revive demand, what stops the government from removing income tax? Ah. Is it the control of bureaucracy? Um, yes. you know, is there any way out from this hubris? Now take the income tax. Is there income tax on the agriculture income? No. Okay. Is there uh, the income tax uh, that is applied in, uh, uh, in uh, urban sector, non-agricultural sector? Is a, is a, are the rich people in an advantage? Of course, they got chartered accountants. You have given so many exemptions. You know, exemption for this, exemption for that. Uh, you know, if you spend money on um, uh, research and development, exemption on that. So many things that you get exemption. So the chartered accountant prepares a big uh, thing. And he ultimately, rich people pay very little. Poor people are below the uh, cutoff line. So they don't pay any income tax. So what happens? Uh, the middle class is stuck with it. And there the income tax authority thinks he's lord and master. 
and he says i have to go on vacation with my family and my cousins and aunts and everybody and please buy me my air tickets and pay for the hotel bill otherwise i will do this to you now poor middle class guy i've seen many middle class people suffer and uh, in the early days when i was not a politician and i was a professor i had this problem where the income tax guy said i should finance his his uh, uh, his trip to kashmir so and he and his family and i said go to hell and i got a notice but then by then the mrs gandhi had sacked me from iit and the rss brought me into parliament and this income tax guy disappeared and there saw him again so i i'm telling you that uh, these are the reasons why it says uh, why people don't want income tax to be abolished what is their income tax how much do you get the agriculture doesn't sector doesn't pay most of the rich people don't pay uh, the, the middle class is the one is paying so abolish it what will happen that money these people the middle class will save they are not going to spend it that's their habit indian household rate of saving is the highest in the world almost 75% of the total savings in our country is by households how about percentage in china 15% what percentage in america minus 2% how can it be minus 2% because people are borrowing they don't save if they want some money they borrow this is america so in our country these poor indians they are so insecure they go on saving 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 they have to save for their daughter's marriage uh, they pay dowry blah blah god knows so therefore you uh, you relax it similarly on uh, indirect taxes now of course the gst has made it completely complicated but i'm saying even the original indirect taxes out of 4233 products when i last knew where which had excise taxes 21 give you 90% of their revenue just 21 so why are you putting it on the others just uh, remove it from all the prices will come down so there are many ways to do these things but then you must be an economist to be able to figure all this out you can't be just from jawaharlal nehru university um this is pavan timavajla he wants to know dr swami a follow up question is for those of us youth who want to create a vibrant economy shouldn't there be a serious rethink on the role of state which feeds on corruption what is your take it's not a question of role of state it's a question of market forces if you have a transparent market system where the information system gives you complete information then i i think you will have a very efficient economy why is it that narsimha rao's government was able to grow from 3 and 1/2% of jawaharlal nehru's period to um, 8% in just 5 years is because he uh, he abolished uh, quotas licenses everything and that with that the corruption went and so investment went up automatically and so he got it like that we can have many people say you know where are you going to get resources 
2G gives you more money, the auction of 2G. Now, of course, you've got 3G, 4G, 5G. Maybe 6G will soon come. But uh, 2G auction for five years continuously gave you as much as income tax and yet you didn't in abolish income tax. I said it on the very first day that 2G auction, will, uh, which was being uh, earlier on being given as kind of prasad uh, by uh, Raja. Uh, <laughs> Raja does give prasads anyway. So, uh, but the uh, 2G after the auction gave you the, as much as income tax was given. So you should have abolished income tax. You're getting it from here. And that would have cleaned up the whole system. So the problem basically is that many of the politicians feel the sense of power. If somebody comes running to you, please save me from income tax. But if you abolish income tax, nobody is going to come to you. So this is it. Uh, uh, this is the real reason. Um, next question is a good one, sir. Dr. Swami, this is from P. Raghu. BJP is stating that UPS oil bonds are the reason for the hike in fuel prices. <laughs> are they lying or saying the truth? How can fuel prices be brought down? You see, lying and truth are only two alternatives. There's a third alternative, you're ignorant. Um, you want to bring down uh, petrol prices? Remove uh, what Chidambaram put and we are still using and not uh, using it for the purpose which it was put. A tax for education, for the education budget is still there. If you take the crude oil from Arab countries, I'm not talking about a fuel within our, that we produce in our own country. The Arab countries, it comes here and then it is put in a refinery and you produce uh, petroleum, for example. And then the petroleum is put in a tanker and taken by road to the petrol pump. And then the petrol pump, the petrol pump owner collects a commission of 2%. You add all that, but not the taxes. Uh, all kinds of taxes are there, about eight, nine taxes. Remove the taxes, just that part. How much does it come to? 30 rupees. 30 rupees per liter. Today it is more than 100 rupees. It's all tax, 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 tax. So therefore, you want to reduce. This is the way to do it. Why are you doing this? Okay, there's a problem that if uh, you make petrol cheap, then a lot of people will be buying cars and a lot of people will be traveling and so on. Well, then uh, find some alternative. Hydrogen fuel cells. You can have cars running on hydrogen fuel cells. And that is now increasing, being resorted to. I think um, uh, um, um, our friend um, uh, 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 Shri Ayer, he knows that, uh, he, I think he himself has a car which is what? Yes, sir. We, Tesla. 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 I have Tesla, sir. Tesla. Uh, in fact, uh, since the time you visited, I've got two more, sir. Uh, I have three Teslas are. now. And, it doesn't uh, use petrol at all. Yeah. We, we produce our own solar energy on the roof. And then, then we use that to charge our car. So I'm quite yes, kind sir. of like I'm producing, I'm consuming. So I'm net zero in terms of uh, uh, overall thing. Uh, it, you Please go ahead, sir. Uh, we Indians can do the same thing. Yes. But we are not doing it because nobody tells them. Because everybody is making a cut on all this. So he doesn't want. 
even if you can uh, invent hydrogen fuel cell cars even then our government will not do it because so much uh, so much disinformation takes place the government gets scared so therefore you tell me what we this country sorely lacks is 10% of our politicians who have got a mission who are in politics after giving up something and they're there saying that i don't care if i become a minister i don't become a minister i get keep on getting in twitter people saying why you are not a minister i never cared to be a minister i've been twice a minister already and that time the prime minister had to come to me with folded hands to ask me to become minister so why should i worry what do, what do i get out of being a minister unless i give him a free hand and so if i go and ask for a minister nobody will give me a free hand they will, they will expect me to stand before the prime minister's house and salute him every day so there the that kind of thing should be there after all for me i was a harvard professor i need not have come back but i came back and there are indians but they they don't believe that if they come back to india they will be they will be respected so we have to create an atmosphere where people feel okay they come then they are treated much better i i people my american friends you ask me why you left uh, harvard and went back i said listen in india i don't do my own laundry i got <laughs> dobi i don't clean my own house because i got somebody who comes and cleans that up i don't drive my own car because i got a chauffeur oh in america i have to drive myself to the supermarket and buy the provision and bring it back uh, bring it home my wife has to do the cooking she has to do the cleaning of dishes or i have to support her in that I mean, what kind of life is that my standard of living is much higher in india i, I don't want to I don't want to be living in America, so it's a question of perspective, no? <laughs> uh, sir, well, before we go to the next question, I just wanted to uh, add one little nugget of information. Thomas Alva Edison, the man who gave us phonograph, electricity, and a whole bunch of other inventions. Now there is a picture, sir, of Edison sleeping be below a tree in his garden with his hand as a pillow. You know how we can sleep with your hand as a pillow, and sitting by the side. Waiting for him to wake up was the president of United States, Howard Taft. <laughs> this picture is there. If you go and look at it, you'll find this picture. My my yeah. point here, sir, is he used to take Respect. twenty minutes breaks, I believe, twenty minutes sleep, and then he'll get up and work. And he worked insane number of hours. And and uh, but the thing was that the president understood that he needs yes. to get his sleep. That is the respect you had for intellect. And 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 you know for for you why is thought of mentioning this is you know if you were in any form way or shape if you had helped out the us government that is the respect you would get here that is that is i'm not exaggerating at all sir i mean there are people who are questionable you know philosophies they still get a lot of respect yeah amartya <laughs> sen <laughs> so the new guy one. the new banerji or something from mit yes, yeah all hopeless yes. abhijit banerji right right, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's true, but 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 India, India's ancient tradition is to respect intellect, and the, uh, nobody was a Brahmin because he was born a Brahmin. That is a bogus concept. Lord Krishna has made it absolutely clear in Gita that your gunas are the ones that will determine. So if you are a jnani and a tyagi and a, a sahasi, that is a, a, a courageous person, then you are a Brahmin. 
So this Gyan, Tyag and um, Sahas, these are the qualities that make a Brahmin. And it could be anybody. Vishwamitra was born in a, in a, a Kshatriya family, but he became the Rishi of Rishis. Uh, Kalidasa was a was a uh, vanvasi who was cutting branches of trees. Vedavyasa uh, yeah. was mother was a fisherwoman. I mean, I know where all these cockeyed ideas have suddenly gone into our mind that a Brahmin is born. <laughs> Brahmin is not born, nor is a Shatya born. These are all your own. It's your choice, and each has a certain uh, status. And to add to your point, sir, it was Vishwamitra who gave us the Gayatri Mahamantra. Om Bhur Thanks for reminding me of that, sir. Uh, Siddharth has the next question. What is your take on asset monetization and national infrastructure project? We are in a depression. How can you have asset monetization at a time like this? We'll get dead prices. <coughs> What are you doing on uh, Air India? <coughs> Air India is the same thing. You're going to sell it for dirt. Because the economy is in that kind of situation. This is not the time for asset monetization. And this asset monetization is all nonsense. They say, no, no, this is on lease. What do you mean by lease? You're not going to have any control over it. By the time they return it back to you, it will be already a dud. And probably, um, um, you know, by by... Uh, the depreciation would have been now uh, valued zero. So, therefore, I am totally against it. It's like selling the family silver. And uh, national infrastructure project, well, that's a good idea. But where are you doing it? That poor uh, Gadkari is not getting his projects cleared by the cabinet or rather the prime minister's office. So, therefore, uh, you know, uh, uh, all these things are you know, just it's like this GST. I was totally opposed to it. Now, slowly, everyone is agreeing with me. But at that time, everybody, I was the only one who, by the way, it was a hundred, nearly hundred percent vote in favor. The Congress, it was a Congress project, which would be, which Modi had objected when he was chief minister. He wrote a letter saying that I'll never implement it in Gujarat. And then he did a somersault after he became prime minister. And now it's a disaster, it's the amount of paperwork you have to do. So the, the, these are all these sloganeering. You just solve your de demand problem today. Give everybody money. If any, um, um, uh, you know, uh, this uh, uh, part-time uh, worker is uh, comes uh, comes in, uh, you know, who has been walking down the streets every time there's a <laughs> corona outburst. Poor chap, give him the money, give him cash. He's not going to store it. He's not going to gamble it. He's got a family to look after. He'll go and uh, buy some good food and he will go to, uh, and, and you know, buy some better clothes. So that will generate demand, that will generate uh, growth. So uh, I, I, I'm totally against it. And all this is just for, I think somebody wants to get hold of these uh, assets. And so he put this idea. I won't be surprised if it is uh, this guy. <laughs> What's his name? Uh, Adani. Uh, Adani. <laughs> so, Adani's bought all the airports today. Um, I 
Guys, there's a question. Rohit, your question is on Dr. Jay Shankar. Um, <laughs> I think it is not in the topic, but I'll still let Dr. Swami decide if he wants to answer the question or not. So he wants to know your opinion of Dr. S. Jay Shankar. He's a nice guy. I know I know his father, I knew his father. And he I knew him as a diplomat. And I went to China, he was the ambassador. Uh, he's educated. But yeah, you know, uh, he's not a politician. I don't think he can stand up to the Prime Minister and tell him this can't be done. He's doing all kinds of stupid things. Going and sitting in... Uh, uh, in the United States, uh, he, had a, he went to the United States to meet the Secretary of State. When he arrived uh, for his appointment, <laughs> he was told the Secretary of State has gone to Germany. And, he, and he'll be back after five days. So he waited five days. Now this shows lack of political savvy. Same thing with China. I mean, the way he crawls before China, I don't blame him. People expect him to produce results, and so he is willing to do all this. So I would say, poor chap, he should never have been made a minister. Um, that's a very uh, candid answer, sir. Uh, thank you, sir. Um, because it's out of topic here. Um, Mumbai Khan wants to know, will the FSI, Floor Space Index, I think, yeah. scam in construction industry stop ever? Yeah. Will the corporation yeah. and developer stop exploiting land slash ecology and choking the cities? Yeah. Well, these are all ways of making money. FSI, FSI. I know I'm, you should probably call Jagdish Shetty and explain because he's an expert on uh, yes, land yes. development. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, Absolutely. We have him. Yes. Yeah, yeah, FSI. I, all this, I, I, you know, there's this stamp paper for registering um, uh, deals in, <laughs> yeah, total corruption in that. So Telgi, Telgi, uh, you know how Telgi made money by producing bogus stamp papers. <laughs> so um, simplify. The name of the game of economics today is simplify. You know, and you will get more money that way because once the economy starts moving, you'll get more money. Next question from Apurva Sharma. Sir, what stops the PM from <laughs> listening to your sane advice? Why don't RSS, RSS push government to listen to you? Is everybody <laughs> dumb or afraid of you? You see, um, uh, PM uh, has a personality of his own. And in that personality, I don't fit in because I have dealt with prime ministers like Chandrasekhar, Rajiv Gandhi, Narsimha Rao. I told them on their face, this can't be done. And they have respected me in agreeing. I was minister of Mr. Chandrasekhar. I was minister when Rajiv Gandhi was supporting our government. I was a minister in Narsimha Rao's government. And it was always uh, my opinions were sought. And I gave my opinions. And even on other matters, for instance, if you go to see the uh, white paper produced by the government on Ram Janmabhoomi, you'll see that Nasima Rao has written me a letter thanking me for guiding him on the path to go on uh, on this matter of the Ram Janmabhoomi and the building of Ram Temple. So that was the same. But in the case of Modi, he, is, uh, he suffers from what they call his hubris. He thinks he, you know, uh, there's a certain way you have to behave with him. And I, I don't fit in that because I've known him for a very long time. I've known him 
since 1972, and I can't be in awe of him. Tell him, yeah. For instance, I upset him by saying you know, that he doesn't know any economics. He says that he'll double uh, yeah, uh, GDP to five trillion dollars in five years. That means 14.8 percent per year. You can't even produce 4.8 percent per year growth rate. How are you going to do 14.5? All got angry with me. All the others are all saying, oh, yeah, five, five trillion dollar economy, five trillion dollar economy. <laughs> you see? So that is my problem with Modi. And I'm sure that is his problem with me also, that I am not sufficiently um, respectful of the chair of the prime minister. I don't want to be a minister. The, the other people hanker of being wanting to be a minister. I was minister twice. I can be minister um, uh, if it goes by talent, but uh, but it has to be on my terms. I'm sorry to say that's my way of my, my makeup. So one has to wonder if Dr. Swami is the Ashwin of the Indian politics, or if Ravichandran Ashwin is the Dr. Swami of Indian cricket. We will leave, let the viewer, viewers decide what is going on there. Next question from <laughs> Rohan. <laughs> Next question from Rohan Shil. How to overcome corruption in state police slash civil service and take them out of government control? By educating everybody with a minimum of law. Once you know the law, no policeman can do anything to you. It's basically the policeman. He, he, he makes an assessment of you. He thinks that you're one of these innocent middle class types. And then it will be as rude as possible. You see? <laughs> <laughs> so learn law and you'll see that policemen will deliver whatever you want. <laughs> in fact, there were some episodes in uh, Gyan Ganga. We were talking about law, legal rights. You are the legal yes. rights. What are legal rights you have and so on. So yeah. there's a huge library of content on VHS India website. By the way, yeah. this particular conversation is also being relayed on the VHS uh, YouTube channel also. So yes, people I know can get there also. So yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah. A, a, you know, another way that we are trying to reach out to you guys. Uh, Mohan, uh, can you go back to the Mohan question, please? Previous question. Uh, sir, can't the government encourage formation of gurukulams? Sir, I have an answer for this, but please go ahead, sir. You see, gurukulams uh, essential, um, um, essential concept is that there's a guru who you have personal relations with. Uh, sometimes the guru may have five. Now there are gurukulams uh, in, in 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 not being known as gurukulams. So, for instance, uh, law law uh, law chambers. Uh, the new law recruits come there, and then they are personally guided by the senior lawyer, and so on. That system uh, has to come into schools and colleges. Because the teacher, all he does is come there, he writes on the board, and everybody takes the notes, goes, uh, and then uh, mugs it up in, uh, for the exam, and that's over. A teacher must inspire. And teacher can only inspire if teaching is a uh, desired profession. Today, it's not a desired profession. If you can't get anything else, you become a teacher. So the, the, the teacher should be elevated to a status. That's why the Brahmins had... They are not born Brahmins, the, the, the genuine Brahmins. They had the status. They were poor in this in the by relative terms, but the society respected them. Even the king used to go and bow before him. 
So that respect for knowledge comes in automatically. The Gurugul system will automatically develop. In, in America, I know that uh, professors, I know Sri Guru also would know, professors treat you as a, as a, as a product to be developed the moment they find you have got some ability. Yes, sir. Um, I think there is also a new idea that the government has floated called Vedic universities. I think they are just renaming the concept as Gurukulams. <laughs> you need to do a little bit more research. I think that might be possible today. So that I hope answers your question. Next question from Tiger Sharma. Sir, I'm trying to run through the question because yeah, we are about Yeah, just a couple questions and we'll wrap it up. Tiger Sharma wants to know, uh, I, I love, respect and salute Dr. Swami. I wish I had a guru like Swamiji. Sir, can <laughs> Taliban come to POK and do India need to be worried? No, if the, uh, you should be worried if Taliban can come to India. Taliban uh, is presently having some problems with uh, Pakistan because Pakistan thinks that they are responsible for the Taliban coming back. And so you are seeing uh, there's, a, there's a developing conflict between Taliban. And, but we don't get anything out of it because they're all uh, uh, Islamic uh, jihadi types. And so um, uh, and on top of that, you got the Chinese also into the picture. So China, uh, Taliban, Pakistan, and in the Taliban there are you know there's a um, Jaisy Mohammed, there's a, um, a you know ISIS and so many other things also in it, and the Haqqani group they are as but as extremist as possible. Now they're going to be uh, I think Haqqani man is going to be the home minister of uh, of this so-called government of. Uh, uh, of uh, of Taliban in Afghanistan, so I think uh, one uh, worry is that we have um, a Muslim population who are by and large patriotic, but there are elements in it who have been infiltrated over the years, which are uh, you know having links with the, these groups. And so the whole community then becomes under doubt. So I I am very happy with the Mohan Bhagwat saying that Muslims and Hindus are from the same DNA, which is correct also. We we say to Muslims that they, as far as the religious part is concerned, we you have no problem. The problem comes with the political part. The political part is in Syria and Hadith. Where they prescribe all kinds of things that a Muslim must do, which is totally in, not in keeping with the civilized world. So th that is the one that is driving them. The Taliban comes from that. Uh, you know, Sirah and Hadith is the, uh, the not the not the Quran, but the Sirah and the Hadith, the Hadith, uh, which which guides them. And so is the ISIS. I mean, the kind of brutality they put on women is unbelievable. Uh, and we saw that in Iraq when the ISIS had captured parts of the territories, and especially with there was, there was one uh, religious group which had very uh, you know a strong resemblance to Hinduism. Yes, yes, uh, yes, yes. Uh, yes. I forget their name. I mean, they brutalized them so much. I have used to feel very upset that India can't do anything about it. Right, right. So that is the thing. You see, the Taliban, yes, it's a problem, but not because it will come to India. Even if it doesn't come to India, it's a menace. 
because they'll send people to India if they don't come themselves. Um, the last question, sir. Apurva Sharma yeah. wants to know, sir, uh, how do you deal with the frustration of your rare talent not being used for India's <laughs> progress? How do you sustain your enthusiasm? I read Gita and what Krishna says is, you have only freedom to try. You have freedom of action, but the results are mine. I will decide. So I blame Krishna. I don't blame anybody else. I don't get frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> Krishna, you're hopeless. You're not giving me anything. <laughs> Read Gita, Sir, you'll never be disappointed. Uh, Sachin, last question from Sachin Sharma. Billion dollar question. What happened to the black money SIT uh, that was uh, formed by the government no, as soon as no, he came no, nothing, to power? Nothing. I told in the beginning, those two Retired uh, Supreme Court judges are sitting in Ashoka Hotel, not knowing what to do. Nothing is being put to them. They have to be sent files. No, they can't. They don't have any investigating capacity. They don't have any IB or thing uh, assigned to them. They have to wait for files to come from the finance ministry and then they have to act on it. But they are not even getting files. They're so having a good nap. <laughs> Sir, thank you. Wonderful, uh, you know, discussion on various topics. Uh, I don't know how um, an hour and a half just flew by. And, and, and thank you once again, sir. And we look forward to seeing you again in a fortnight from now, two Tuesdays from now. Namaskar and thanks for watching. Uh, thank you.